0: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Um, Thank you for your love, your kindness, and your mercy um, in our lives and giving us a burden to reach others. Father, thank you for the tools that you give us with um, technology that help us to reach more people for your glory. And Father, I pray that now as we talk about reaching souls, we do not miss the point that we need you. You are the powerful One, the the one who gives us the the encouragement and the ability to win souls. Uh, We can use technology, we can use persuasion and marketing, but at the end of the day, if you're not convicting the heart, nothing will change. So we need you, Lord. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'll share a little bit of my story with you guys. Um, it relates to marketing a little bit, um, ironically, and then, um, like I said, we'll get into going through building a um, kind of a strategy. So, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur. Um, I've always been someone who's, you know, tried to make money and in, and in, in things like that. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. My um, I was raised by. Uh, my mother, uh, and so um, you know, she struggled with you know, alcohol and drug addiction. We were pretty poor. Um, you know, lived in government housing and all that stuff. So um, when I wanted a you know a new biker, you know, the latest game system or whatever it may be, you know, I'd try to find ways to make money. And so I was that kid, you know, going to school with his backpack filled with gum and candy, and between classes, you know, I was trying to sell it to the the other students and things like that. And, um, you know, we had the, I'm from Traverse City, so, you know, we have the Cherry Festival. And um, while all the other kids are, you know, getting their parents money and then going on the rides and enjoying the carnival, uh, I'd be pulling around a wagon full of popping water, you know, selling it to everybody and and that type of thing. So, um, to me, I think it was kind of a way to, as an outlet, you know, of of creativity, of of doing something um, productive. And so, Um, I always enjoyed this idea of of having a business and things like that. Um, And as I got older, uh, the outlet changed a little bit. You know, I started using drugs and alcohol and um, finding a lot of my um, escape in in worldly things. And so um, this, uh, you know, led me to a really dark place. And I was a junior in, in high school. I was at my aunt's wedding. You know, I was intoxicated and my, um, one of my uncles, he came up to me and you know, he knew that I wasn't going on the right path. And so he wanted to you know, be intentional in reaching out to me. Good morning. And so he recommended, you know, and I didn't have any plans after I was a junior. I didn't have any plans of you know, going to college or anything like that. So he came up to me and he introduced me to this book. Called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. How many of you guys have heard of that book or read it? Yeah, so that book, you know, it um, kind of breaks down the different ways of making money. You know, being an employee, owning a business as someone who's self-employed, having a big business where you're building assets, and then ways to invest. So to me, this really opened up my mind of different ways of making money and business opportunities and things like that. And so um, from that point on, I started searching, you know, going online and Googling things and trying to figure it all out, learning about business. And um, one day, I had a friend who called me up, she's like, hey, you know, you have to jump on the phone with my friend, he's got this crazy business opportunity, we're going to make a bunch of money, you know, I'm, I'm 16, 17 at the time, so I'm really naive and I thought it was a, you know, really um, great opportunity and so I ended up talking to this person, And it ended up being a multi-level marketing company. How many of you guys have ever heard of multi-level marketing before? You know, like Amway or um, Avon or, you know, Mary Kay, something like that, right? So this one was a health and wellness company um, that sold um, a healthy energy drink, if there is such a thing, right? (laughs) So they sold a healthy energy drink. And, you know, I was really naive. I thought I was going to make a bunch of money. So, you know, I took all my money at the time. It was like $500 and I bought their starter pack. And from there... Um, they said, all you have to do is make a big list of everyone, you know, invite them to your house and you're going to give them all the product. They're going to try it. And then you're going to make a bunch of money and get rich. And I was like, okay, that sounds really easy. So I did that. You know, I invited everybody over, um, told them about the business. They drank all my energy drinks, laughed and nobody signed up. (laughs) So, um, you know, it was, I, I, obviously I didn't get rich right, right there, but I was naive. I really was determined. I was a little bit stubborn, and so I wanted to figure this thing out. I wanted to figure out how I was going to make money with this business model. So after all my family members and friends pretty much told me no, um, I went to the Internet, and that's where I discovered the power of online marketing. And so in online marketing um, at that time, this was about 2012, 2013, and so instagram was just becoming a really popular platform Um, it was really blowing up getting a lot of traction and so usually when social media platforms start out they don't have as many like terms and conditions and policies in place where there's so many restrictions so back then i was able to hook this software up that would go out on my behalf and engage with other people's um you know accounts and go like their photos and comment on their you know, photos and follow them and stuff like that. So what this would do is it would get their attention. They'd say, oh, who's this Chris guy? Why is he following me? Why is he liking my stuff, right? Then they'd go to my account and they'd see that I had pictures of, you know, the product and these different things. And there was a link in it and a headline that said, I want to make money and get healthy. Click the link below. So they click the link and it would take them to a simple one page website. And on that website, Um, it had a video that broke down the the opportunity, the business opportunity, and talked about the products. And if they were interested, they could put their name, email, and phone number. This is a simple landing page to generate leads. And what would happen is when they press the submit button, it would go to my email, I'd get a notification, and then I could call them up. I had a script that I had been working off of. So I was generating leads for myself, I called them up, they're warm leads, they're already qualified, and I'd close them. I started doing this, you know, learning all the technical side and generating leads and learning how to sell and uh, it was going really good right Good morning, so it was going really good, and um, I was learning a lot, and this is really where it started for me. This is where it started um, so i've been in online advertising since about 2012 2013 and When I started moving up that company and started making more money and building my network and all this stuff, they start giving you books, right? They start giving you books and training courses for personal development. So I started reading books um, from Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and um, Earl Nightingale and all these guys um, and some other ones. And these books were seemingly harmless in the beginning because... You know, it talked about a lot of good things, I thought, you know, thinking positively um, and creativity and dealing with people and all these different things, so um, I actually experienced a little bit of a of, of life-changing, you know, had a little bit of a life-changing experience from those, you know, those books and that reading material, um, but eventually it moved into something that was very different. I unconsciously became spiritual and religious. The beliefs that I had had to do with, um, you know, uh, energy and attracting things into your life and, you know, this this new age spiritual stuff. And I didn't realize that I was in some type of religion. Right? I, didn't, I didn't realize that that's what was going on. So um, my, my clicker is paused here. Cool. So um, while I was, you know, while this was happening... Um, you know, I was learning how powerful marketing really is. Um, this is a little, you know, picture of me down at the open space in Traverse City and sharing it to these guys. None of them signed up. They all walked away with my energy drinks. Um, and I was reala- realizing that marketing has the power to start and end wars, elevate people to positions to power. You know, politics use marketing very well. And ultimately, had the power to spread religion, right, to the masses. And what was happening was false religion was being successfully marketed to the masses um, and it was being done so well that the people consuming it had no idea that that's what they were in, right? And that was my case. So um, this, this really began my, you know, that company that I was working with, they ended up getting shut down by the Federal Trade Commission. So um, you know, that's what happens. Uh, so I ended up uh, getting really into this spiritual stuff. Like, you know, I was meditating and doing all the New Age stuff. And, you know, I didn't really grow up with a religious background. So this was the time where I started really seeking after truth. And I started looking at all the different religions. And I found that Christianity has the most historical evidence, archaeological evidence, scientific evidence, right? So it made sense to me as a worldview. It was the most compelling worldview that I found. And when I became a Christian, you know, I still held on to a lot of these other Weird beliefs and I was searching around for truth. I didn't understand the Bible. I couldn't, it did, just didn't make any sense to me. And so as I was searching, uh, I was going to all these different churches, the non-denominational church, the Pentecostal church, the Baptist church, the Lutheran church, all the different churches, and just trying to figure out what, what everybody believes. And every time um, I'd go into these different churches, they'd all say the same thing. We have the truth. We're the right church right? And this gets really confusing. You're like, okay, something's weird here. Everybody thinks their church is the right one. So while that was happening, um, my grandfather, which happens to be sitting right here, <laughs> and this is my grandmother sitting next to him, um, would, we'd have conversations on the phone. You know, he, he found out that I was getting interested in spiritual things and going to these other churches and checking them out. And um, he, he would tell me, hey, you know, my, my church is the right one. It's the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, you tell me a little about what you guys believe. You know, and and I was like, man, this sounds a little weird. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, this church is definitely not the right one. So I just kind of crossed that, that off my my uh, you know possibilities of churches, and I was determined that you know I was going to find the right church. And so this happened for probably about a year, a year and a half. I was just searching, um, and all along the way, kept having conversations with my grandfather over here, and he kept bringing it up. Until finally one day, um, they were headed down to Florida, actually, uh, within a week. And so I just wanted to give them a call, see how they are doing before they left and everything like that. Um, And so that little phone call that I thought was going to be a five-minute phone call that, you know, was just a catch-up really quick phone call turned into a three-hour-long Bible study with my grandfather breaking down, uh, you know, Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Revelation 13, going back and forth, getting into, you know, some of the meat of this stuff, right? And to me, I was really intrigued. Um, now, rewind, probably three, four months prior to that, I was at a Christmas party. And they ge- my grandfather gave me this binder, and it was full of you know, amazing facts, Bible studies, the, the historical ones. And he gave me some bookmarks and glow tracks and this colorful binder. And, hey, you know, Chris, you, you really need to you know, do these. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and so, you know, I... I just kind of tucked them aside, and I didn't do anything with them. Um, after that phone call, I was like, hey, Grandpa, I'm going to do those Bible studies. So I pulled them out, and I started going through them, you know, one by one by one, and I was just blown away. It was the first time I could ever you know, understand the Bible and what it was saying, and it just made so much sense, and it was life-changing. Like Immediately, my life was just changing before my eyes, and so I ended up going through those Bible studies in about a week and a half. I'm the type of person that when I do something, i just all in. And so after that, um, I eventually, I, I called him up and probably a week or week and a half later or something like that. And I said, hey, grandpa, I'm a 7th Adventist. He <laughs> 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 said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, to me, you know, it's just the most amazing thing, um, you know, and I realized pretty quickly that, you know, Adventism, It's very marketable. It's very beautiful. It's the truth. This is a relationship with God and the correct framework and everything, but it's not being marketed very well. And it has nothing to do with these. These are great. Um, But Adventism is just, as a whole, just not being marketed very well. So this is a picture of me. Uh, Tomorrow will be three years to the day where I will have been baptized here at Camp Meeting. Um, So... God is really good and something that I want to mention is that, you know, I, I, I have a, an agency and we do work for commercial clients where our primary objective is to make a profit. And so when I'm working on projects like that, yes, you know, I'm a Christian. I do have, you know, a relationship with God where he gives me wisdom and insight and guides my life, but um, it doesn't mean that he's going to just, just because I have that relationship, he's going to you know work with me and make this company that I'm working with a bunch of money, right What we have that's very different than if you're working in marketing for a secular company or even any other church or anything like that is we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have an advantage, right like marketing is limited usually by your own efforts because you know you're trying to persuade someone to take an action well. It's really hard to do that as a human, right? How many of you guys tried to get someone to do something before? We've all tried to do that, right? And a lot of times it's really hard. Well, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit who can... Good morning. When you have the power of the Holy Spirit who can speak to the heart of someone, it's a different story, right? So this is something that I think is really special. We have the help of Jesus Christ. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, So after this, you know, I'm on fire. I go canvassing. So there's me right there. Um, and I was actually standing out in front of, I think, the cafeteria or, or gym. Church. Yeah, oh, oh, it was the church. Okay. So, um, yeah, God is good. And then from there, I went through manual Institute. And then I went to campus, the Center for Adventist Ministry to Public University students. There's me. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I just wanted to learn, how do I share this with people? How do I win souls? You know, this changed my life. I want to change others' lives. So this is my friend Haley she uh is actually someone who was in my downline in my multi-level marketing company that's how we met and when i came into this you know she was someone who was also into the new age stuff and going on her spiritual journey so i started doing bible studies with her and then she ended up getting baptized and now she's you know she works with campus and she works at campus Abel now and all that stuff so god is good you know when you make a decision for him it can dramatically not only impact your life but the lives of others so um as I was going through a manual, as I was going through these different um, you know trainings with canvassing and all of this stuff, I realized really quickly that evangelism is very similar to sales and marketing. My sales and marketing experience that I had prior um, to coming into the church, you know, this is just a framework that I was able to kind of put some of these other things I was being taught into, and it, and it really just made a lot of sense to me. So I, learned, I realized that, and this is one of the quotes that you know, I think maybe the first day at Emmanuel, they read this, and this is where it just all clicked. Um, this quote's from Ministry of Healing. You guys probably heard this quote before. It's, it's pretty well known, but we'll just read it really quick. So it says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. Accompanied by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of the love of God, This work will not, cannot be without fruit. So I I really love this quote, and I love it because it's a promise, right? It's a promise that if we follow this method, it will not be without fruit, right? So what we're going to be doing with online advertising is we're not reinventing the wheel. I'm not going to show you guys some strategy that I've pulled out of nowhere. I'm going to show you Christ's method of evangelism in an online context, a way to build relationships with your community prior to asking them to come to your church event, your cooking school, whatever it may be, right? A lot of times we skip those steps, you know, and we expect the church members to be out there building relationships with their local community for sure, but sometimes that's not what, that's not what's happening, right? So there's different stages in the cycle of evangelism and things like that, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But um, another thing I wanted to bring up with this is This word right here says accompanied by the power of persuasion. Now, some people think that persuasion is a bad thing. Now, persuasion is, um, it's important to define it because there's a big difference between persuasion and manipulation. Okay, persuasion is when you're trying to get someone to do something that's really good for them, right? It could also be good for you too. You could benefit from it, but it's definitely good for them. And manipulation is when you're trying to get someone to do something that doesn't benefit them but it only benefits me right so there's a difference here so persuasion is not a bad thing jesus used persuasion mark finley who was speaking last night he wrote a whole book called persuasion right so um, i realized this too you know the cycle of evangelism soil prep seed sowing cultivate harvest preservation that to me looked a whole lot like a, a sales funnel right i started seeing this I, you know my, the light bulbs were just starting to go off here when i was going through this evangelism training um and I realized as well that the, the primary method for outreach in the Adventist church is using these reaping series, these evangelistic series, these things, right? And as a whole, collectively, the Adventist church is spending a lot of money, right? A ton of money, and they're not getting very great results. They're spending a couple hundred dollars for, to get one person to attend a seminar. Now, if I did that for some of my uh, commercial clients, I'd get fired right away. So. Um, to me, there was something, you know, something a little bit off with this. So what I did is I started an online advertising agency called Advent Digital Marketing, um, and this allowed me to start working with organizations like ASI, GYC, Adventist Review, the General Conference, and doing different projects for them. Um, so I've been able to get a lot of experience marketing within Adventist Church and, you know, all, all of that, which has been an amazing blessing. And uh, you know, God, you know, I could have never pictured this when I gave my heart to Him. I could have just never pictured this, right? Like. I didn't see this, but he did, and he was orchestrating it the whole time, which is just awesome. So through that, um, it was at a meeting for ASI. I met this, um, uh, organiza- this girl that was wor- working with this organization called um, the Center for Online Evangelism. I'll go back to that slide in just a minute. And the Center for Online Evangelism is an organization that has been around for about 10 years um, in the Adventist church. And what they've primarily done is um, something called search engine optimization. Now, I want you to view digital marketing as, you know, this tool bag, and there's a bunch of different tools that go into that tool bag. Search engine optimization is one of those tools, right? You have Facebook ads and social media and videos and websites and yada, yada, They all go into these bags, right? So, search engine optimization has to deal with the organic search results that you type in or that you get when you type in things on uh, Google and Yahoo and Bing and those different platforms. So... They've been doing it for, you know, different churches and organizations within the, the Adventist church for the, about the past 10 years. And I ran into them and we realized, hey, our mission is very similar. And they are not offering the services that I'm offering with pay-per-click and social media marketing and all these things. They're primarily focusing on search engine optimization. So I saw that this was amazing. You know, it's an amazing opportunity to kind of join together and start working together. So. Um, about two months ago now, I started working for them. I, so I work part time for them, and also still so have my agency where I work with my clients as well. Um, and what was you know so cool about this was that while I was in the Adventist Church and going through all those experiences, I just kept wondering why isn't the church doing online marketing? Why isn't the church doing online marketing? I mean, they're doing nothing. Like I you know I'd go on Google and I would type in Adventism, I'd type in Illinois. I'd type in those different keywords, and every time I'd get negative things. You know, cult, you know, Ellen White's a false prophet, all this terrible stuff. And this statistic is just mind-blowing. 60% of people stop attending their reaping series or cooking school or whatever it may be after they just simply do a quick Google search, right? So when I found out that there's this organization I got excited, right, because they are actually working on a project right now for the general conference that will take place over the next few years, Um, and the goal of it is whenever someone types in the words Adventist or anything related to that, all of the search results that come up will be positive on on all the first pages, right? So it takes a little bit of time for that to kick in, but this is what they're working on, and so... That's amazing, and I started thinking about, how, hey, how can we kind of you know, um, have a social media marketing strategy that would flow right into that, right? Rebranding Adventism, so to speak. Um, I would just say, I wouldn't even say rebranding, but just branding in general, because this is something we just haven't done. Someone else has been telling our story for a while, right? They're saying we're a cult, we're this, we're that. Someone else is telling the story. We just need to take control of our own story, and uh, help people to see what's really going on with this thing, right? Because a lot of people just don't know. You know, if we surveyed the United States and we simply just asked people, who do you think the Adventists are? They're going to give you a bunch of different responses. And when you have so many different responses like that and it's not very consistent, that tells you that we're not really in control of our own brand. So what we're talking about um, with the strategies and everything that I'm going to show you has to deal with a long-term strategy that you can implement from a local level of rebranding Adventism for your local community, gaining influence over that community by providing them value, by following Christ's method of ministering to their needs, then using um, conversion methods with social media marketing to get those people to attend your reaping series, right? So... It's not rocket science, but I think that it can work really, really, really well if we just get started. So, um, I believe that the biggest mission field is online. If you look at it, there's about uh, four billion people online around the world. That's a whole lot of people. Um, social media is very ripe. Facebook, two point one daily billion or two point one billion daily users. YouTube, five billion uh, videos watched every day. Twitter, 321 million monthly users and then snapchat 191 daily, million daily users and I have some of these stats and quotes and statistics and things on the research uh, sheet that you guys will get afterwards uh, if you visit the link that I provide so don't feel like you have to write it all down um, and this is the one that really surprised me so you can go in Google and you can do a search volume um, report for specific keywords so I, I literally just typed in these keywords right here uh, and then a few others that are just simply variations of these. And this is the number that I got. 585,300 people are searching Google every single month in the U.S. for end-time prophecy. Is God real? Sabbath? Mark of the beast? Why does God allow suffering? Bible study? Second coming of Jesus in churches near me? That's a lot of people who are searching for things that we have the answer to, right? So I believe that it's ripe And... Um, it's something that we can do to uh, reach our local community. So, quickly, why does online marketing work so well? Well, all you have to do is follow the attention. And writing, it's been around forever. You know, beginning of time. Then you have the printing press, which, you know, Ellen White wrote about um, quite a bit. And... What happens whenever technology is uh, kind of transforming into new technology um, and progressing is you have the attention that follows it. So when this came along, you know, people were able to be reached by the masses. You know, you have, you know, mail orders and all kinds of different things Then telecommunication how many of you have ever gotten a telemarketer calls your phone I get them like 10 times a day I'm tired of it Um, radio right radio ads television television ads and the internet comes and it just blows up right You get all these different ways so um, basically why does online marketing work so well well you just follow the attention of the people where do the people where are the people paying attention where are the eyeballs get in front of the eyeballs right and so I'm not saying that none of this stuff Works actually, the strategy I'll teach you has to do with how do you get higher conversions with your mailers, with your billboards, with these other things by using a cross-channel approach to your online mar- or to your marketing um, methods for your church. So, another thing about online marketing and why it why it's, uh, works so well is it makes big data accessible and affordable. So, you know, if you were going to go out and purchase a bunch of data. Um, It's going to cost you millions of dollars it's going to cost you a lot of money to access that data now whenever you run or whenever you create an account on facebook or youtube or google or whatever it is um, and you're using the ad platforms that i'll teach you how to use you can access data right interests and uh, affinity audiences and all these different things where this software owns the data and it's allowing you to access it so that you can target the right people Now, if you wanted to go and try to get all that data to do it on your own, it's going to cost you way too much money to do it on your own. Um, Another thing is that whenever you run a campaign, you're getting immediate feedback. You're seeing who's interacted with your ad and um, which ads they interacted with, if they clicked, if they went to the website, all this different stuff, right? So it allows you to to get that data and then make data-driven decisions to better the performance of your overall marketing initiative. So, the next thing I want to touch on is, um, it gives you the power to be your own media company. Now, when I talk about this, um, you know, it, basically, if you, if you wanted to buy a, a radio station, if you wanted to buy a television um, station, if you wanted to you know, do those things previously to be your own media company, it's gonna cost you a lot of money, right? Way too much money to do it. Um, all you have to do now is simply create a Facebook account, an Instagram account, and a YouTube account, Put some money behind it, and you can reach. You're in control. You can create your own content, right? You don't have to wait or rely on a different entity to create content for you or any of that stuff. You can put money behind it, and you can reach as many people as you want to, based on how much money you have, right? So this could be a good thing, and it could be a bad thing, right? Because this means that one of our little you know offshoots or weird idea things that come up with an Adventism could just create a channel and put a bunch of money behind it, and if we're not ready for it, that could be bad, right? On the other side of it it can be really good for us if we learn how to do it to spread the truth right Um, how to create a successful marketing strategy now I don't think I put this in here did it yeah okay so this is my four step process that I uh, go through personally within my company to create a marketing strategy for whatever it is whatever business you have it doesn't matter Um, this is the four steps that I go through to create a marketing strategy now, the first step has to do with the objective, simply what are you trying to com- accomplish with it? Um, and then the audience, who needs to make a decision in order to accomplish the marketing objective message? What needs to be communicated to the audience in order to uh, move them to a decision that accomplishes the marketing objective? And then where does that message need to be communicated to them, right, for the channel? so. We're gonna go through them here and break them down a little bit and then tomorrow we're gonna actually use this um, outline to create a strategy for marketing for local churches. So um, the first thing that you have to do in order to determine your marketing objective is to determine your market. Now your market is simply defined by um, people. Now the thing that defines those people are people who have a desire that already exists within their heart and in their mind that can be fulfilled by what you have to offer, right? They already have this desire, right? It's there. There's different levels of awareness, which we'll touch on here in a minute. So some of them may be like really conscious of that desire. Some of them may not necessarily be conscious of their desire. Um, But nonetheless, the thing that defines our audience as a whole or our market is that they all have this desire already within them. Now, they may look different as well. They may look different as far as, uh, demographic information, psychographic information is concerned, but um, the one thing that defines them is that they all have the desire. already exists, right? And um, a lot of times people get confused about that. They say, oh, you know, if you're a really good marketer, you can create desire in someone. And, and I've tried to create desire in people. It doesn't work very well. You know, how many times have you wanted someone to do something and then they don't do it, right? Right? Like, I really, badly, I just want this so much for this person. I do it. you know, in winning souls, you know, it drives you to your knees, right? You just so badly want someone... To experience the truth and have their lives changed but at the end of the day if they don't just have that little bit of desire in them you can't do anything right we're powerless so they have to have that desire now next thing is you determine where they are on the customer journey map now we're gonna fill this out tomorrow. and I'm gonna give you a worksheet where you can actually fill this out for your local church as well but there are different stages here where our goal really as marketers is to take someone from a stranger and take them to a place where they're now a promoter, right? So there's different things that need to be accomplished here. So you could start, you know, kind of, uh, this would be someone who's a church member who's going out and evangelizing for Christ, right? This would be someone who doesn't know about Adventism, right? We bring them through these different levels to turn them into that. And uh, it's not like they just immediately happen overnight, you know. And I think, you know, sometimes we get confused by this, um, because you know, in, the, in the church board meeting, we're like, hey, you know, our members are not doing anything. They're not th- not out there promoting, you know, and, and whatever. And we're like, hey, you know, nobody's coming to our evangelistic series. And and it's really because we haven't determined these different steps here. If you if you just focus on this step and you haven't done the preliminary stuff, nothing's going to happen here. And if you just baptize someone and you don't disciple them and you skip this stuff right here, <coughs> you can't really expect that, you know. So. There, there's a whole system that works together you need to um within church marketing and i wish i could go over this extensively with you guys um we don't just want to get people to your your you know evangelistic series we don't just want to get people baptized we want people that are going to stick around for a long time right Amen. stick in the faith and then also go out there and share with others that's the only way we're going to go home right so um we'll touch on this more tomorrow now the next thing that we have to do so we have determined the desire this is the thing that pulls them all together we have now figured out where are they in the customer journey map at which stage from there you know like let me go back to this really quick if they're here our goal is to get them here it's not to get them here yet we have to go here to here to here to here to here right so my objective would be get them from here to here just want to touch on that really quick so we've done those two things and then now we're determining the awareness of the audience so there's different scales and people have broken this down in different ways I'm gonna to try to make it as less complicated as possible so um, first you have the hyper aware you have aware unaware and then hyper unaware so in the hyper awareness phase this is and I use this word prospect I'm sorry if it uh, bothers anybody but you can just replace that with a word like um, interest if you'd like to so The prospect knows of your product, knows what it does, and knows what they want, or knows that they want it, right? This is someone that is very easy to market to, right? They're super right. So in this, they are aware of their need, they're aware of the solution, and they are aware of the fact that your product is their solution to their need, right? Hyper-awareness. Now, how do you market to them? This is an audience that is ready to be harvested, obviously. So all we have to do is just simply make an offer that they can't resist. Just make an offer, right? They're ready. I want you to imagine um, with this hyper-aware audience, um, the company Apple. So the company Apple has a primarily hyper-aware audience. These are people who know exactly what it is. They know that they want it, right? And uh, they're just waiting for you to make an offer to them. So if you if you're Apple and you put out a an ad that said 10% off MacBook Pro, all right, That's never gonna happen. But if it happened, <laughs> everybody's gonna run to the store, right? They're hyper aware. They know that they want it. And so, um, I think in, in in think of that style of advertisement. It's just making an offer. I think that a lot of times when we're marketing to the general public, especially for Evangelistic series, we're marketing to people as if they're in this category, but in reality, they are not in this category. Most of them are not, at least. You may get a few, but most of the people are not in this category. Next stage, aware. So these are people who are aware of their need. They're aware of the solution, but they're not convinced that your product is the solution. So let's just break this down a little bit. So like, you know, I need God. Okay, and the solution is church. But they're not convinced that the Adventist church is the church, right? So the prospect, they know of the product, but they just don't yet want it, right? They need a little bit more cultivating, convincing, all that stuff. So how do we market to them? We have to focus on reinforcing exactly how the product, our product, satisfies the need that they have, right? Very plainly prove to them that their desire... That already exists within their heart and mind can be fulfilled by your product and so with this you think of features and benefits we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow with features and benefits basically a feature is what does the product or what is the product and the benefit is what does it do so very simply a car is a piece of metal with wheels on it and um, a benefit of having a car is transportation right but the deep benefit of the product is actually freedom right so we're not selling a hunk of metal with wheels on it if we wrote an ad that said that people would be like oh throw it away but if we started speaking to that deep desire which actually is rooted in freedom now we're going to get people that's why you turn on the tv you see these car commercials you know people are driving down a wide open road it's all sunny the top's down you know the wind's blowing in the hair it's freedom right so you have to speak to the desire and show them how a feature or benefit fulfill that desire right unaware so they're aware of their need and not yet aware that there is a solution right so they don't they don't even realize that uh, there are other products out there like this people these are people that are probably in the point where um you know they've kind of crossed church off the option right they don't even think that's the solution and they're not even aware of that in america it's a little interesting because most people have heard of Christianity and Jesus and the Bible and all this stuff. Um, but anyway, so they know, um, so, so they, they recognize that they have a need, or, or you know, but they just don't yet know of the solution. So next step, or I mean, um, marketing to this audience. So we have to focus the audience's attention on their problem and their desire for a solution. We have to show them that there is a solution, and then we have to prove to them that the fulfillment of that desire is accomplished by your product. So you can see here now, based on the level of awareness that people are in, we're simply just going over these different stages right here. If people are aware of the problem, we move them from problem awareness all the way down to this, the product is the solution. If people are aware of the solution, we have to show them that we're the solution. If people are aware of our product, we just need to make them an offer, right? So that's really what we're doing here Um so hyper unaware, the prospect doesn't have a conscious desire for the product, but they have a need and they recognize the need immediately, but they don't yet realize the connection between their need that they already have and the fulfillment of that need and your product. It's a little bit more erroneous. And I think that um a lot of the people that we are marketing to are more in the unaware, hyper unaware phase, right? And um our advertising style how we're trying to market to them is not matching their level of awareness so that's one big problem um, so marketing to this hyper unaware audience you simply just define the problem that they have for them they're not even aware of their problem yet so you have to define it for them and then you have to exaggerate the desperate need for a solution show them that there's a solution and then present your product as a solution or right? you're just moving them up the phases of awareness to a place where they now are product aware So if any of that was confusing to you guys write down your email, I'll give you the slides afterwards and um, just know that it's basically broken up into these three, you know, are they aware of the problem? Are they aware of the solution? Or are they aware of the product? Right? So um, here are two immutable laws of marketing where um, we need to get this right. The audience needs to be moved from their current stage of awareness to the next, right? Um, you want to be like Apple. You want to be like, you know, a company that can just make an offer and get conversions. It's harder to market to these lower levels of awareness. And our goal should primarily be moving them up from those low levels of awareness to the higher levels of awareness so that they're easier to market to. So that's number one. Number two is that the thing that moves someone from the level of awareness that they're at now to the next level of awareness is not going to work the next time. It's not going to move them to the next level of awareness, right? You have to speak to different pain points at different levels um, based on where they're at. So those are two things there. Next. So that's how you determine the objective. Finally, or the next thing is uh, determining who your audience is and so really defining them um, and understand that Whatever objective you have determines who your audience is. So if I was a tractor company, I was selling tractors, my audience is going to be farmers. Easy, right? So our objective determines our audience. And if we don't know who our audience is, we'll never reach them, right? So we need to define them. And then when we try to reach everyone, we end up reaching no one. So we have a call that tells us to reach every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation. Now, sometimes we're just like, who's the audience? Well, everybody needs Jesus, right? And it's true. It is very true. But your local community looks different than another local community, right? So you need to be reaching and focusing on your local community. Who are those people? Define them. So I'll give you some tools. Um, One of them is census data, and you can either use... Factfinder.census.gov or other ones. You can literally just Google census data and you can get a bunch of stuff. Or you can do missioninsight.com. Now, I was just in Pennsylvania and their um, conference president is, is really into this. And um, he purchased them all, whoops, all these uh, memberships to this. And this is a really awesome tool because it breaks down all the census data in way more consumable. Uh, in, a, in a more consumable way it'll tell you like which channels your audience are spending their time on and all of that stuff so um, I don't really know how much it costs but it's uh, definitely worth the money if you can um, get access to that next one I think it's the most important it's simply just spend time with your community right go out say hi to someone have a conversation try to figure out what what people's struggles are what are their needs who are there the cultural nuances Um, I'm not saying you know go to the bar go to the club do all that crazy stuff I'm saying just go out and have a conversation walk the dog go to a park you know go to the grocery store be social a little bit because um, if we just assume we know everything we're gonna lose right we need to make data-driven decisions Um, so (coughs) next tool I'll give you guys a target audience (coughs) worksheet um, and that will kind of leave the framework for you guys to help you to put all of the information you receive from this into a worksheet so you can better interpret it. Um, so I'll provide that, I think, after tomorrow's uh, lecture. So we determine the objective, we determine the audience. Now we have to determine the message. Okay, So we have to create a message that moves the audience. right? And our audience, who they are, what their desires are, what their problems are, what the solutions to those problems are, your specific features and benefits, which are the solutions to those problems or you need to craft it that way. Those determine your message, right? Because all of that stuff is pulled out from your audience. So it's really hard for me to write, um, copy for a billboard, a mailer, a TV commercial, a radio script, or even a Facebook ad if I haven't done research about who my audience is and who I'm trying to reach. Because when they read it, they need, to, they need to resonate with it. How many of you guys have ever sat through a church sermon and at the end you were like, man, this was, this was written for me, right? This spoke right to my heart today. This was the perfect one. And it's because in homiletics, when uh, they teach you how to preach, what they do is they'd say, know, know your audience, right? Know your congregation, know your church member, know their pain points, know, their, know these different things about them so that when you're up there, you're delivering messages that are practical, and people are actually going to walk away with something. So it's the same thing here. We just have to know who we're trying to reach, um, and to know them really, you know, intimately, like psychographics and you know demographics, and just really hone in on who are they, what motivates them. You know, they're they're real people with fears and desires and and uh, you know all of these different things. So we have to know that stuff. Um, finally, step four is where we determine. Are channels so just checking the time really quick all right we're getting pretty close channels Um, how do we determine where we're going to communicate this message to them Uh, all we have to do is figure out where our audience is paying attention where are their eyeballs other you know um, very practical example if my audience is you know primarily in my local community the big industry is you know you either work at this hospital or you work at this factory and in order to get to this hospital or this factory you have to drive down this highway and on this highway there are these different places to buy a billboard right so that could be one where is my audience figuring out where they are um facebook are they on facebook are they on instagram are they on youtube or google you know you just have to figure out where is your audience at and there are different tools that can kind of help you with that as well um, but if you get that mission insights uh, tool it breaks all of that down for you by percentages and all that stuff so ellen has a, a few quotes about um, this type of stuff and i think it, it you can pull some things out i think really um build a pretty pretty good case for this whole online marketing for evangelism thing so um, she's saying from christ's methods of labor we may learn many valuable lessons he did not follow merely one method in various ways he sought to gain the attention of the multitude and then he proclaimed to them the truths of the gospel so um, primarily right now we're using one method right to, re- to reach people right and so we need to diversify that a little bit diversify our marketing budgets to kind of cover these other bases where i think we're, we're losing a lot of opportunity by not you know trying to reach people there so trying different things to reach people and then um this one let every worker in the master's vineyard study plan devise methods to reach the people where they are um, we must do something out of the common course of things we must arrest the attention um, and basically, she kind of alludes to the fact that we are living in the end times, which um, we are, and uh, we need to get busy working for sure. So, we need to arrest the attention, we need to speak to people's desires, we need to use Christ's method. And so, I believe that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few, right? One of the things that excites me about online advertising is that. It allows you to build relationships with people, which is the key thing that we're not doing. Build relationships with people at scale. If, I wanted, if I'm a pastor and I go out and I knock on doors in my local community just to simply say, hey, I'm Pastor So-and-so. I met the pastor down on the street. Just wanted to say, hey, if you ever need anything, feel free to come by. Right? If I was just trying to do that with all my community members and build a relationship, I would never do it. There's no way. There's no way you can be a pastor with, with the schedule and, and all of the things that they have to do and go around and do that right? And the community members should be out there, or I mean, the church members should be out there building relationships with their communities and neighbors, but you know, let's be real, they're not always, right? And so if you are able to use social media and put money behind it and then target your local community, you can reach your a large portion of your community for a few hundred bucks, right? And you can do this on a consistent basis, and they'll start to know who you are, and they'll start to see that you're a real person, right? And you're relatable. And uh, you'll be able to deliver messages, all the, all the beautiful truths. And you know, we have a lot of beautiful truths within the health message that can help a ton of people. And uh, we can put those truths on there um, to gain people's uh, confidence in what we're talking about, to build an influence to show them that we care so that they can care about what we're talking about. And then we can simply make an offer, right? Because if you follow the strategy that I'm gonna outline for you tomorrow, what you're doing is you're rebranding Adventism and you're moving people up to the higher levels of awareness so that when you market, people are ready because they're waiting for an offer. So um, tomorrow it's going to be how to build a successful marketing campaign for churches. And here's the link for today's resource. So today's resource has to do with uh, kind of building a case for online marketing. It has some of the quotes and stats and things in it. I shared from this presentation. Um, It is a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly forward slash win souls online. That's bit.ly forward slash win souls online. So what will happen is you're gonna go there. It's gonna open up Facebook Messenger, okay? And at the bottom, there's gonna be a little button that says get started. It's gonna say, Hey, Tom. Hey, Sarah. Thank you for uh, connecting with us on Messenger. Is this your correct email? It's gonna pull in your email from Facebook. All you have to do is click on it, and then from there, it's gonna give you the PDF with this document. Right? This is a way for us to stay in touch, uh, and I, if we have time, I'll show you guys how to do something like that, because in the old times, we've been building email lists, right? And now, open rates are like 5 10%, if you're lucky. So it's hard to reach people on email. With this, this is a Facebook Messenger bot where we get 80 to 90% open rates because when we um, send out a broadcast, like a bulk email, people get the notification right in their pocket. They open it up and they say, oh, Center for Online Evangelism sent you a message. And now they open it up and they can watch the video or go to the um, newsletter or whatever it is that we're putting in there. So um, you know, imagine if you had a list of your community members And you can follow up with them um, on a regular basis so I'll show you how to do something like that if we have time in the last presentation but um, let's close with a a word of prayer dear Heavenly Father um, Lord we love you and um, we just want to see you come we want to go home we're tired of this world we um, we need to reach our community we need to build relationships with those people Lord And we pray that you would give us the wisdom and the insight to know exactly how to reach our neighbors, Um, soften our hearts, sanctify our souls so that we can show your character to the world so that we can love people. We thank you, God. I pray that you'd be here at this camp meeting um, with all the other seminars and what's being taught. Um, Continue to be with us throughout the day to keep our minds focused on you. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.